0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Locked on Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Seven games left in the season. How many do the Lakers have to win to make sure they make the playoffs? That's next. You are locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked on Lakers first listen of every day. Not your second, not your third, your first. Uh, Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show and engage with a great community of Lakers fans, over 14,000 strong, all of whom, Andy, are uh, super, super excited about tonight's game, the first of the final seven of the season. We're going to break all of them down over the course of this episode. Talk about uh, who's going to play, who's not going to play. And then if we get time, we're, uh, we'll we get into some Austin Reeves. Very interesting comments. I believe it was over the weekend um, about his impending free agency and what it'll mean for the Lakers to bring him back. Uh, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. Ever dream of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise? This is definitely the game for you. Then download the game to do that. To do that, you download the game. You go to ultimatebasketballgm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a one hundred percent free boost to their franchise when using the promo locked on in the game. Again, that's got to be locked on in all caps. Uh, we'll get to this Reeves stuff uh, as the show goes on, but uh, we got some health health stuff for tonight's game in Chicago. It appears that save Mo Bamba, the band might be fully on the on the uh, on the court tonight. D'Lo, probable. Anthony Davis, probable. LeBron, questionable. Though I suspect LeBron being listed as questionable is going to be what he is for the rest of the year every game.
1: Yeah, I mean, in part, just the the trickiness of what he's dealing with right now. We know that he had torn a tendon. We know that he came back quicker than anybody other than the LeBron of foot doctors, the LeBron of feet, thought was possible. So. I think is in some respects, truly a, we don't know until we get there, but I would not worry about it. What I would be concerned about is either the status going down to doubtful or just leaking reports. D'Lo being probable, a is good news because it's good news. B if he was not probable after two days, really like two and a half days in between games, because Sunday was a day game then I would start growing pretty concerned about, okay, is this something that's going to linger for the rest of these seven games right. that are so critical?
0: Especially, you know, Andy, too, because he apparently gave it a go. Like, there was some belief that Russell would be able to play on Sunday. He was apparently pretty close uh, to being able to Lakers just, you know, erred on the side of caution there, I guess, um, and, and held him out one more game. So, yeah, if if, if it had lingered into... Um, tonight's game, you really do start to to get concerned. But um, completely- this way, I was ex-
1: I was expecting Delo to play before I was expecting LeBron to play on Sunday.
0: Oh yeah, by a fair amount. Yeah, and so you know, I, I completely agree with you. I, I LeBron stuff, it's the questionable tag is going to be there every game, and it is those you know, reports from Shams, from McMenamin, from Woj, whatever it is, you know, LeBron experiencing discomfort, or you see him get hurt during a game, you know, like it was before he went out and missed all that time. Like something happens in a game where even if he finishes it, or even if he continues, you can tell something happened that when he stops moving, it's going to become uh, an issue. One thing that I think, Andy, we can all expect though tonight Um, The LeBron off-the-bench experiment, I don't think we're going to see more of that. I I feel like uh, if he plays, he's going to be back in that starting lineup. He's earned his way back in.
1: I mean, it's also, too, if he doesn't start beyond what I've been railing on since Sunday, seriously, stop overthinking this bleep, um, then you start wondering, okay, is there a medical reason that he needs to come off the bench like it is there actually something that is prompting this seemingly bizarre choice to have him play off the bench but play starters minutes which would mean either a he's going to stop playing starters minutes and the minutes are going to go down in which case you have to start wondering how much is LeBron actually going to be able to help over these seven games or b). Seriously, stop overthinking this, bleep. Yeah, I mean, you're, if, he, if you're either a, ready to play if he's got or, a, or not,
0: a minutes limit. There's a minutes limit. If the minutes limit is 25 to 30 minutes, and the Lakers need to figure out what is the best way to do that in a way that serves LeBron um, best in terms of his uh, his ability to to not cool off too much between shifts, whatever it might be, and um, and serves the team. In, in terms of its ability to to you know use him as effectively as possible to get the right rotation uh, and all that kind of stuff, I, if that's if they if he really does run into that kind of minutes limit, just be smart to talk about it, you know to talk you know to talk publicly about it. So you know LeBron being back in the starting lineup changes the dynamic of Austin Reeves. It changes who else you might. What kind of what would you go with as the starting lineup? Well, I mean, Darwin's already said what it's going to be. It's going to be
1: well. Assuming D'Lo is back, it's going to be D'Lo and Reeves with LeBron, Vanderbilt, and AD.
0: What would you do, though? Would you keep Reeves in that starting lineup? Because I don't think it's a slam dunk, necessarily, because you're now putting kind of... I mean, you are moving Schroeder back to the bench, um, where you know it's a good fit there. But in terms of your three best facilitators, ball movers, connectors, D'Lo... LeBron, Reeves, you are putting them all in the starting lineup. The flip side of that is you are also maximizing in theory the amount of time that your best players play. Because Schroeder, yeah. you figure is first person off the bench. First Sh- guard.
1: Well, Sh- Schroeder makes the least amount of sense to be staying in that starting lineup anyway, once totally. once LeBron is back. You can make the argument for Troy Brown just in the sense that he is among the among the guys that are firmly in the rotation. He's one of the guys that needs the ball the least to fulfill his role. And he's become, a you know, both a good three-point threat with this team and also a very willing shooter. Like, over the course of the season, I think he is looking for his shot a lot more. And, you know, he's not a connector, I think, at the level of a Reeves, but he is a better connector this season, I think, than I expected him to be. I don't necessarily think it makes a massive difference between brown or reeves at this point i'd probably just keep austin in the starting lineup because i think moving moving brown off the bench in a lot of ways i i don't think is that complicated a move Mm -hmm. so i i don't think it necessarily matters that much you're going to end up playing reeves a ton of minutes regardless like i think austin reeves over these next these seven games could end up leading the the team in minutes.
0: It's possible. I think what I'm what I'm really interested to see is what the stagger looks like. When do you, who do you pull first? Um, It'll be Austin. How, Austin I think is going so. to be the first pulled. I happen to agree with you. That's um, part of
1: the reason why I don't think it makes that big of a difference.
0: Sure. And so you know how you're connecting that second unit, who you put in there, and how you split those minutes up between Ad Reeves, LeBron, uh, to to allow the best sort of facilitation actually, between the entire lineup.
1: B- before we go, this might be the biggest reason I can think of to keep Reeves in the starting lineup is those minutes where he's out there with LeBron to start the game. Between him and Delo it actually makes it potentially easier for LeBron as he's getting back in the flow of things, you know, building his legs back up, conditioning all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Reeves Reeves can help do some of the things you specifically look for from LeBron it's- more than Troy
0: yeah it's what I would do but I just think you know it's there's we've had a little bit of discussion we might get back into it today about um both Reeves and but also too like how you line up the rotate where guys make the most sense. I think Reeves finishes games but you know like you said there's an argument that he doesn't necessarily need to start them. Um, let's look at the schedule because tonight's game in Chicago the first of the final seven really intriguing to try to figure out what is in front of the Lakers, For the rest of the season how many games do they need to win in an effort to make sure they stay in the top 10 and even move up a little bit um what would five and two do what would six and uh, six and one what would seven and oh do uh we'll break it all down next locked on lakers
1: is brought to you by ultimate pro basketball gm and we are stoked about our new partner the sponsor of today's podcast the mobile game ultimate pro basketball GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your own basketball franchise, that dream can come true with ultimate pro basketball GM. You manage every strategic aspect of your team during the season. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, navigating the franchise through free agency, the drafts, all the ups and downs of a season and ultimate pro basketball GM is completely free. It's playable offline. You can play it on the go whenever you want, when, as you want to do it. And the GM of my team, the Los Angeles Knights, his name is Chaz bartender locked on Lakers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in all caps in the game store. So check that out. But again, download the game, ProBasketballGM.com. GM.com, scan the code or look it up on the app store, pro GM.com, use that promo code locked on in all caps for the 100% free boost. Start your dynasty today.
0: Okay, so the Lakers are in Chicago tonight, the first of a five-game road trip. Now, uh, earlier in the season, the Lakers were catastrophically bad away from the crypt. Uh, not that they were particularly good at the crypt either, but they were definitely worse away from it. Um, they have leveled out um, their, you know, their their road performance as the season has gone on. So the idea of them playing five road games is not quite as frightening as it might have seemed before. And, of course, the fifth on April 5th is a game in Los Angeles against the Clippers. So a quasi-road game at best. Um, well, plus, also, the third is the Rockets. And, yes, I know they
1: just lost the Rockets, but a joke is an effing joke. If you lose that game to the Rockets... Seriously like you don't deserve to be in this play in mix.
0: That is correct. Um so I, let's look at the schedule. I mean the, the Bulls um finally ran out of juice a little bit in terms of their road performance. Uh they played a lot of games in a lot of days and they they got spanked pretty good by the Clippers on Monday. But overall have played Pretty good basketball um, you know, over the last uh, few weeks. They've won seven out of ten. They are pretty firmly now in that ten spot with a chance to move up a couple spots in the Eastern Conference. Uh, certainly, based on on you know name value, they've got a lot of good players. Like there's, they're kind of a a bit of a confounding team to be quite as bad as they've been over the course of the year. So you got Chicago, followed by Minnesota, who. Uh, you know, picked a good time to get hot. They've won four in a row, at least as of um, as of uh, Monday, uh, through Monday's games, I should say. And so, you know, those two games are both, I think, challenging. You're playing teams that are highly motivated. Minnesota, obviously, trying to stay in the top six, which is where they currently are. Uh, and Chicago, um, fighting really for their, you know, playoff lives and playing well. After that, though, Andy, the games get real intriguing. You've got Houston. You mentioned that game. I don't care what the Rockets are doing. You cannot possibly lose twice in a row to the Rockets and feel like you have any business talking about the playoffs. That April 4th game against Utah um, could be against a Jazz team that is desperate to stay in, or it could be against a Jazz team that is kind of decided to pack it in with Laurie and kind of banged up. Jordan Clarkson essentially, I think, is on the shelf for the rest of the season. You get the Clippers on the 5th. Phoenix on April 7th, the second-to-last game of the season. Who knows what they'll be doing with Kevin Durant, Devin Booker at that point. They could be locked into a seed. And then Utah in the last game of the season. All in all, hard to complain about what the Lakers have in front of them. Which games stick out to you? How well do you think they need to do? What record gets them, you know, into maybe even that seven, eight spot.
1: I would feel very comfortable if they go five and two over these seven games. I think five and two is realistic. Um, if you want to look at it as necessary, because being comfortable in this has a very, very slim margin, then call it necessary. But again, two games against Utah who feel to me far more likely to be packing it in than you know, really trying to fight their way. Back into the play-in mix, hope against hope. They're they're better and by the it.
0: way, even when they have been trying, haven't played very well. Right, they
1: they, they've they kind of lost. run out of juice. Yeah, they've lost four in a row as of this recording. I think they're going to be done by then. Uh, Houston, the Lakers, again have no excuse for that. I would be surprised, regardless of where Phoenix is at, I would be surprised if they don't play, KD and Booker at least a bit, maybe not a whole game, but I would think they'd want to get those guys as much reps as possible, even if they can't move in either direction. Uh, It's also worth noting for the Lakers in chasing Minnesota, KD is going to be back um, Mm -hmm. in tonight's game that the Wolves play against the Suns. So one
0: more more consideration about that Phoenix game. It is the second night of a back-to-back for the Suns. Uh, Their night before they are home against Denver. Um, so that could also have an influence on, on what's going on in that game.
1: Hard to figure that out, but I think five and two is a legitimate opportunity for them. And I also think five and two is pretty necessary if they want to feel good about if nothing else, staying in that top 10. Uh,
0: I think five and two, absolutely. I think it's be hard to drop out at five and two. I'm not even sure. Mathematically, I'm not even totally sure they could. Um, Houston, I look at it this way Houston and the two Utah games got to win. Um, you, if you lose any of those three, you're kind of in that what are we doing here territory. Um, and that leaves Chicago, Minnesota, Clippers, Phoenix split. And that's, that, I mean, I agree with you, that's doable. I mean, the Lakers have you know they they ought to be a little bit better prepared for the Chicago game tonight they'll have D back in the lineup you theoretically you have LeBron playing normal doing normal LeBron stuff uh, Minnesota has started to play much better um but you know if you think you know you think you're a good team like the Lakers do um you know, you, you find a way to split those four well, games. here's, I don't here's think that's thing. I don't think that's unreal but that's it's why tonight feels like such an important game because the bulls record wise, 36 and 39 going into the game don't feel like, Oh, it's it's sub 500, but they're playing really well and they just kick your ass. So that's a hard, that's a tough game, you know? You know? So if you can steal that one on the road, first game of the road trip, you know, like, it, it sets up those other three. If you lose to the Clippers, it's not the end of the world. If you lose to Phoenix, it's not the end of the world. You don't have to win all of them. You don't have to steal another one back against, you know. You don't have to win three, two out of three against the best teams that are left in your schedule. It, it opens up, to me at least, opens up the rest of that schedule in really important ways.
1: Well, let's say the, with those four games that we just mentioned as well, let's say they go one and three or oh and four. At that point, whether they can get into the top ten or not, I'm not all that excited about what lies ahead anyway. This like if true. they look if they look incapable of splitting those four games against actual teams, then in some respects, all we're doing is just running out the clock, whether they end up a ten seed or whether they end up an eleven seed. Either way, it's going to feel like we are not long for this ride, regardless.
0: Um, Lakers. One last note about some of these stuff. The Lakers, um, the Minnesota game. Obviously, if they want to have any chance of moving into that six, seven, eight realm, um, you know, they do own the, the the tiebreaker over the Warriors and the Pelicans. You got to beat Minnesota. let just, it, it, you're we're done talking about some of these things. If they don't win this game on Friday particularly if they don't win on Friday and don't win tonight. So um, let's uh, turn our attention to Austin Reeves, who had some interesting stuff to say about his impending free agency. Um, I know it's something that Lakers fans are uh, very much attuned to. (laughs) We'll get to it next.
1: Locked on Lakers is brought to you by FanDuel, and we are almost finished with the NBA season. These games are critical, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook, and new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Bonus bets back a grand if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, really easy to use, and you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, threes drained, or... Get saucy with an exclusive bet like the two-by-three. three, two three pointers scored in the first three minutes. Not a great bet for the Lakers, by the way. They rank 24th in the league in first quarter three-point percentage. If you're playing the odds, I would stay away from that one. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout. With the same game parlay so don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com locked on that's fanduel.com locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba
0: so i think sometimes andy there's a temptation with the sort of you know aw shucks country boy type that is austin reeves undrafted free agent you know just happy to be here just a guy who's who's enjoying the ride who appreciates the opportunity that the lakers have given him um to to establish himself in the nba that when it comes time for free agency man i just i just want to i just want to do what i can to stay here um you know i feel like i want to be a laker for life and all that that's the temptation. Austin Reeves was asked about that and essentially told everyone to F all the way off with that. Uh, this is a business decision and he expects to get paid what he's worth. Um, so if there was any um, inkling that the Lakers would be able to kind of, you know, hey, Austin, let's take one for the team here this offseason. Uh, no, they're going to have to pay. And if somebody comes in with a, Big freaking contract for him. The Lakers are going to have to decide whether or not they are willing to match it. Just as a reminder for people, uh, the most the Lakers can offer Austin Reeves is four years and $50 million. Uh, That is the most they can offer. It is not the most they can pay him. Um, As long as the Lakers turn Reeves into a restricted free agent, which they will, um, they can match any offer that comes in to Reeves. And I think... I think any of the most there is somewhere closer to hundred million. I don't Reeves is not going to get a hundred million dollars, um, and it's all poison pill stuff. And um, where the first two years are locked in around eleven or twelve, and then the second years would be gigantic balloon payments. But the point of this is, um, if the Lakers think they can get Reeves on a discount, they're probably wrong, and they have to budget in a lean free agent year as if Reeves is probably gonna cost more than the four and fifty that they can offer him
1: yeah I mean he's he's played well enough that even if you feel like four and a hundred is just beyond the realm of possibilities although it should be worth noting there were a lot of people that said the same thing about Jalen Brunson with the Knicks because you know he had something like 14 mil in front of him like and he bet on himself I, I don't remember the exact numbers but I think like 14 mil a year, or something like that, and ended up getting a much bigger payday with the Knicks. You know, it also helps that his dad is on the coaching staff. But nonetheless, I mean, where, look, is,
0: J- where does Mr. Reeves work?
1: Look, Jalen Brunson's playing his ass off with the Knicks. Like that contract now actually seems like a uh-huh. really good economical deal for New York. So, I think he's going to come in higher than that fifty for the Lakers or whoever. You know, do you do I think he's going to get somewhere between four and like seventy five to eighty? I think it's increasingly growing possible um, if he can close out these seven games strong, and the Lakers actually get into the playoffs, and he has at least one credible playoff series. I think he could push himself close to 20 a year, you know, like 15 to 17 a year, maybe 20. I would be very surprised if he got higher than that just because you are talking about a very small sample size.
0: Right. And a guy who is a little bit older in terms of a young player like some people. The one thing about this is, though, there are two things that the 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 number if he gets a restricted free agent's offer and I, I think he's going to go looking for one, um, it's going to have to be from a team that offers two three four million five million whatever it is because if you make an offer that's you know if the Lakers can give him fifty fifty and you offer fifty four, you're not going to get him you know like the Lakers will just match that that's too easy like the, you know the whole point of a poison pill is it's got to be poison for the people who you know who who are taking it and so you know but i i if you're another team around the nba and you feel like you've seen what happens when austin reeves is with one star and a good so like if you feel like you can slot him into a role where you'll give him an opportunity to be worth 18 to 22 million it's i am so i am always there's always someone there are always two or three players who you're surprised get the money offered that they do i think some people were probably surprised when caruso got um you know got what he got from chicago i wasn't but some people i think probably were but i mean it's funny like the caruso thing like the, the the two of them obviously hate being compared to each other and the comparisons are lazy because you know plucky white guy come up from the lakers undrafted free agent homegrown and all that um but you know and their games aren't terribly similar either um other than they both play basketball and you know, at the same position but the the comparison in terms of the context around the lakers and staying or going and all that there's a lot of overlap in that venn diagram
1: yeah i mean caruso recently was on i i don't remember which podcast it was but he he was he was disputing this, and he said, quote, he's a guy, he being awesome, that's basically been in the NBA's whole career. I was the guy that wasn't drafted, went to the G League for a year, played three summer leagues to try to get on a team, and even then still grinding my way to carve out a role. Then went on to compliment Reeves and saying that he's a really good player too and just that we live in a world of lazy comparisons, which is true. I would also say that Caruso's kind of getting too far into the weeds. You're still talking about two guys who were undrafted had to prove themselves you know if you want to throw in the deceptively athletic qualifier for both of them fine whatever they're both connective players they're both players that can enhance a team that's already good and they are both much better than anybody expected and most importantly for laker fans the number one reason i think they're being compared is there are a lot of laker fans that are scared that money will ultimately cost them austin reeves and they are prepared to shift from scared to angry like they're already preparing the next stage of grief over austin reeves which is going from frightened about this nervous about this to being pissed off that the lakers cheaped out and lost them a really good player
0: yeah and like that's what, where a
1: lot of the comparison comes oh absolutely
0: in. absolutely and i think there's probably a a four, to four to four to eight million dollar um, Caruso tax that Reeves is is probably going to be able to absorb. Uh, just in extra money, these be able to get just on the PR of oh, of having letting those guys both of them the, go.
1: The optics on that are so bad unless the Lakers can find an even better undrafted rookie white boy
0: <laughs> who's
1: you know who even. Better than somehow from a
0: smaller town than Austin yeah. Reeves,
1: yeah. I mean, like he's from with less of...
0: definition in his upper body arriving right. in the NBA.
1: You know, if, if there is some, you know, some diamond in the rough, uh, rookie white boy out there that isn't getting drafted, you know,
0: well, but then the me, Lakers... I'm playing basketball with LeBron James, but oh, then here's,
1: here's the problem some point the Lakers have to sign one of these guys because <laughs> there, there really are only so many yeah. undrafted rookie white boys that teams and, that fans would be really upset about losing
0: and we'll get deeper into this and I think the other thing that fans are worried about will quit here is just the idea that they'll like they'll re resign D'Lo you know pick up Bomba's option and whatever but then Decide to let like Beasley and ah, oh, we just can't afford Austin Reeves like where they they halfway it where you know you're either you, as we've talked about you either clear the decks and go for Kyrie, which is a s- stupid idea, I think, but at least it's an idea or you keep all of the people that you have now and and well, most of them most to all you basically and more or less run it back with the salary spots with all the things that you've created. And if guys aren't working out next year, Beasley still isn't performing, then you worry about that next year. Um, it's that half measures thing uh, that I think concerns
1: people. Real quick before we go, do you consider Reeves the number one priority this offseason?
0: No. Well, it would be him or D'Lo. It's him or D'Lo, and I. There, yes and no. No, in the sense that they control the outcome with Reeves much more directly than they control the outcome with D'Lo. It takes something more proactive to go out, get the right number, do all that stuff with with Russell than it does with Reeves. In terms of importance, I, mean, I think you could probably make an argument for either guy. Um, bringing back Russell is pretty important, I, I think, Um it's, it's an interesting argument that we should probably have on another show or shows. Uh, Locked and Lickers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show and uh, participate and engage that community. At Cam Brothers is where you can find us on Twitter, at least for now. Um, and uh, we'll see everybody on Wednesday.